right, good morning everybody. Welcome to this beautiful Sunday morning that we have together to learn a little bit and share and to pull some things out of God's Word that I hope, uh, I hope will challenge you and stretch you a little bit. I want to begin this morning in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19, and I'd like to read out of the Passion Translation. I'm probably going to jump back and forth this morning between the Passion and the New King James. I don't think I'm using the Amplified this morning. But I've really, you know what, I've really come to like this Passion Translation. It puts such a little different light on things. Um, it's good for you once in a while to pick up a different translation. When you only read one translation, here's been my experience. When you only read one translation, you get to where you know it so well that you can't see it from any other perspective than what you're able to get out of that one translation. So there's no translation that's perfect. There's no translation that has it nailed down exact. So I think it's good and just let Spirit of Truth lead you through some of these translations and you can pick up on some things. Now listen to this in uh, the Passion Translation, Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. It says, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe. <laughs> I love that. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Doesn't that put a different light on it? We read out of the New King James a lot, and I'll probably kind of quote it with you this morning. It says that all creation is groaning and travailing, uh, looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. Whereas in the Passion Translation, I like the way he puts this, the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, not just, not just people. The entire cosmos, everything that is in the universe is looking for the unveiling, the glorious unveiling of the sons and daughters of God. All right, this is the 11th teaching that we're doing in this series that I've just called Unlimited. And really what this series is about is about the life that the Christ follower is being groomed by the spirit of truth to demonstrate on this planet as long as we're, we're here breathing and taking up space and, and doing what we're called to do. So the unlimited, I, I didn't want to restrict it in any way, so I just simply called it unlimited. And this is the 11th teaching we're doing on it. And I hope you're picking up some things about the way that the Father wants us to unveil, to be unveiled as the glorious sons and daughters of God. That eight, that 19th verse of Romans chapter eight, is it's the target, it's the bullseye. This is what the Father's after. Everything that's going on in your life, and can I just say everything that's going on in the planet right now, is working toward one target. It's working toward one end, and it's what the New King James and the King James calls the manifestation of the sons of God, or what the Passion Translation calls the unveiling I like the unveiling because that, that kind of is a pro progressive uh, showing forth of who we are. And that's what I want to I want to hit on this morning a little bit. Uh, we're going to tap into some things that, um, that may uh, shake you up a little bit. I hope it does. I hope it's a challenge. And let me just say before I get into the teaching this morning, I don't want anything that I say to put you under pressure feeling of any kind of guilt or condemnation. That's not where I'm going this morning. But I want to talk to you about the manifestation or the unveiling of the sons and the daughters of God. But to do it, let me just summarize what I've done the last two weeks. Because this morning is, is dovetailing right into the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, we talked about the power source of this unlimited life. And the power source that we discovered, the thing that really fuels us, is the, the full understanding that we are in union with the Father through the Son 
in, in the spirit. So we, we, we pulled out this power source, which is, a, which is a merging and a blending of our life, our spirit, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In fact, it says this in um, first, first Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. I want you to hold with me all morning long today because we're, we're building on what we've already established and laid down. Now watch what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. That's union. Now, I noticed something in this week in my, my New King James when I read, read that, and it's that with him is in italics. Now, when it's in italics, that means it was not in original, and the translator put it in there to, to try to help give some understanding. But oftentimes, I think it brings more confusion. So here's, here's really what it's driving home. Let me leave the with him off. It says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. They're not two spirits. There's just one spirit now that has come into full union. We spent an entire uh, Sunday morning talking about our union with the Father through the Son and the Spirit. And this, this whole idea of union, you have got, before you can go any farther, you have got to grasp that. If there's any thoughts in your mind of separation, any uh, thoughts in your mind of distance between you and the Father, that you still have this concept that he's out yonder somewhere and you're here and there's a separation between the two of you, that you're not going to be able to progress in this unlimited life. You are one spirit. There's one spirit. You that have been joined to the Lord and you are one spirit. We were with him through the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension. You were as much a part of it as he was. If one died for all, then all died. We were crucified with Christ, right? And if we were crucified, Paul said we were risen with him. So I want you to, I want you to really firm this up in your mind, this, this union. And we talked about that two weeks ago. If you didn't hear that teaching, you probably ought to go back uh, two weeks ago and pick that one up. Then last week, we talked about the perspective that we have because we are in union. And the perspective is just as vitally important as the union until you see yourself seated with him and that's your perspective and you're, you know that you're living uh, from above. That's what we talked about last week, this ascended life. And I don't like that word ascended um, a lot because I think it intimates separation. You know, like we've, we've gone up somewhere or we're, we're, we're distant from here. No, you're, you're not distant from this planet. Your, your feet are on terra firma. You're right here. The ascended life is, has to do with an elevated consciousness. And I, I use the term sparingly because it has a kind of a new age connotation, but I think it expresses well to say that you are now operating in a higher vibrational level. You're seeing from a different view. The view that you're looking at, the view you're seeing from, is that of being seated with him in heavenly places. And the heavenly places that you're seated is within you. This is where you're working from. This is where you're one spirit. You're one spirit with the Lord. You're, you're, you're beginning to see out of, out of this man that is inside. This is where he is. So we have a fresh perspective. Now we're building on two things, total union and fresh perspective. We're seated with him. And so when you're seated with him and you're seeing through his eyes, your eyes are his eyes, his eyes are your eyes. 
I don't care if you have 20-20 vision or you have corrected vision like me. You're seeing through his eyes, right? You're seeing, you're seeing from that perspective, from that level of consciousness, from that vibrational level. And when that happens, all of a sudden you see people different. There's a lot more tolerance for people because you're seeing them as the Father sees them. You're looking at situations different. Everything that's uh, would have you might have termed negative because you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you're ascended with him, you don't eat from that tree. There is no, there is no tree of the knowledge of good and evil in that ascended, in that higher consciousness, in that position that you're occupying, seated with him. Uh, this is the place that Jesus, the human, the human man Jesus, lived as Christ the eternal spirit in full sonship. When Jesus demonstrated full sonship, he did it as a, as a human man that was endued with the eternal Christ spirit. He, he was totally man, 100% man, and 100% God. And I've given you the term before, it's called the hypostatic union. You can Google that, uh, hypostatic union. It's, uh, just, it's spelled just like it sounds. Hypostatic union, and you can see that there was, there was in this one individual uh, a totality of humanity and, and divinity, and that's your expression also. And that's how you have to see you from that perspective. You, you are 100% human, no question about it. You're 100% human. But you also have an identity that is divinity. You're a partaker of the divine nature just as much as Jesus was because you were birthed with him from death to life at the resurrection. Right? So you have, you have this, this same union, this same perspective. So what I want to hit on this morning is the, manifest, is the manifesting or the manifestation of the sons or the unveiling of these glorious sons and daughters of which you're a part. And this is where the rubber meets the road. And let me, let me just say again, I'm going to get into some very practicals this morning. I want to talk practicals. And the practicals I'm talking about are coming out of that foundation of union and new perspective, all right? So I, I want us to talk about manifesting. I don't want the digital cathedral, and I don't ever want to be someone that just puts out information for people to show up on Sunday morning or Wednesday night and accumulate more information and more knowledge. That's not what I'm here for. That's, that's, not, that's not what we have in mind. That's not the target. That's not the bullseye. I'm not here just to give you your next revelation fix on Sunday morning. You know, revelation can be very addictive. It can become very, very addictive and, until you begin to get a revelation, then you want a bigger revelation. And then that fix, it's like drugs. That fix that you had last week doesn't give you the same the same spiritual high this week, so you need a bigger fix. And that's how people get off in la-la land. It really is. That's how people get off track is because they're looking for something beyond what they had before. And it doesn't come by the spirit of truth. It comes because they're searching, they're looking, they're pressing, they're trying to find it, they're searching in every possible avenue. That's not how revelation flows. <clears throat> revelation flows out of the union that you have and the perspective and the view that you're seated from. Does that make sense? So it's, an, it's a natural progression. It's a natural unveiling, uh, the Passion Translation says. It's, a, it's an unveiling of the glory of sons and daughters, and it happens uh, a little by little. The Christ is us life is not just getting knowledge, not just getting uh, an understanding of, of more truth. That, that can become addictive, and I understand that, but that's not what I'm here for. If you just show up on Sunday morning to hear something new, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to take. Some people, get, some people get stuck at that point. I understand that. There are some people that I know that are, are kind of on the fringes, and what they're here is just to find out what's new, what's cooking. And they run from place to place to place just looking for what the, the latest heavy revy is that they, can, that they can now accumulate. It's like they put it into the, the storage bank of the computer of their mind, and they just carry it, and they can, they can parrot it, but they're not producing it. And that's what I'm after here at the Digital Cathedral. I want us to produce what it is that has been revealed and what we understand. So if, if you're stuck at that point uh, of just wanting more truth, more revelation, at some point you're going to get bored. At some point you're going to get bored and you're going to go on a hunt continuously. You're going you're, you're to hunt continuously for somebody that can give you the next information high. And that's not what I'm about. That's not what I teach for. I'm teaching out of your place of union with the Father, from the perspective of seated with Christ in heavenly places, which is not off yonder, it's a, it's a higher consciousness. And because of that now, you are able, and you're, you're, you're at a point in your development where you need to begin to, to manifest, to start to manifest what you have. If you don't, you'll become like the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has fresh water that flows in from the Jordan River and it continually flows in. The Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea, but the problem with the Dead Sea is there's no outlet. And because there's no outlet, the, 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 the salt concentration is so high, it's called the Dead Sea because nothing can live in it. See, in order to be healthy, a, a, a body of water has to have a, an inflow and then it has to have a, a, a way to take it back out. There has to come water in and water out, but the Dead Sea has no uh, flow out. And there are people like that. They continue to have an intake, but there's nothing that flows out of their life. And at some point in time, you become dead. I mean, you become very bored with this whole thing because you think you understand everything that's going on. You, you perceive it, you have a, a concept of it. But let me read that 18th verse, that 19th verse again out of the eighth chapter. Let me, let me read it this time out of the New King James because that's kind of what we're from, familiar with. And, it, and then I may hit it also out of the, out of the passion just to give you uh, some comparison. In the New King James, it says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing or the manifestation, the King James says, for the revealing of the sons of God. And I love the way that the passion translation puts it. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. So all of creation is waiting for your unveiling. And I know that many of you are already unveiling yourself. You're, you're showing yourself to who you are. All of creation is looking for those, listen, creation is looking for those that can give what they have, all right? That can, that can impart what they have taken in. Now, I know there's been a lot of teaching and a lot of emphasis on sonship and developing as a son. Most of it has been around personal growth, uh, progressing as a son, being aware of your sonship. But sonship has a, has a purpose. There is a, there is a target to sonship, and that is to impart what has been deposited into your life, all right? It's to deposit, it's to impart what has been deposited. It's to have the outflow of what has been, what has been coming in. So once you have a view of the unlimited, 
all right? And you know all things are possible to him that believes, and you have embraced that. And now you see no separation, that you're in full union with the Father, and you're now beginning to see from a perspective that enables you to see people and situations and circumstances as the Father sees them from that perspective. You're at a position now where you need to begin to download that life and minister that to other people from your, your position of union and your perspective of where you are seeing from. I want to break that down for you a little bit because I, I don't want it to get I don't want it to get confusing and I don't want you to feel any pressure about this. I'm not here to pressure you this morning because I'm talking about a natural flow. I I, I sense the missing part of the manifestation of the sons of God. I sense the missing part is the manifesting. Are are you tracking with me? We we've learned, but now we've we're coming into this place and we're in it right now where we need to demonstrate. The, the level you demonstrate, the level that you're able to impart, honestly, is really the level of sonship that you're walking in. The proof's in the pudding. Proof's in the pudding. If you, if you see sonship, if you understand manifestation of, of the sons, if you are, are fully embraced in union, you understand you're, you're human, you're divine, you're one spirit, uh, uh, you're seated from that perspective, you're walking, you're, you're beginning to, you're entering into that, then it's time you begin to impart what you have. So what we're talking about is the impartation of the ascended life that in Christ we give and we share with other people as opportunity arises. And that just, just hold on. Just, again, don't get under pressure. Just relax. Just relax. It's going to be okay. We impart the gift that we are and the gifts that we have. You're a gift. You're an absolute gift to the creation. And so as the Father unveils you, there's going to be a natural tendency that you have to just give what you possess. And it's going to be, like I say, it's going to be a natural flow. So, so two quick things. Two quick things. First of all, it's a giving of who you be. It's a giving of who you be, right? It's not, it's not assuming some character trait or some title or some position that you hope to attain and then you have to kind of duck behind that and do what you think that title would do. For example, you know, maybe God really has, has put an ability into you to uh, edify and encourage. We call that prophecy. Maybe God's really put an ability in, in you as a son. That's your part. And so from your, your perspective, seating next to Christ, when you look at somebody, you know exactly the word of encouragement they need or how they need to be built up. And so... You just, you share that out of who you be. It, it's, it's not trying to be something. It's not trying to be something. It's who you actually are. So what we're talking about is a conscious impartation through the life that you now possess and you're aware that you possess it. It's the level that you walk in. That's a good way to say it. It's a giving out of the level that you're walking in and we're all at a different place. We're all in a different place in the journey. But at the Digital Cathedral, we're, we've, we've come, if you've stuck with me now for months, a couple of years, I, you're at a place, I brought you to a place where you can now begin to share. You don't have to depend on everybody else to share. You, you can just begin to give out. Right? Sonship, manifesting as a son, is not so much what you know. 
Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully. Manifesting as a son is not so much as what, of what you know. It's about the presence that you carry. If you've been in his presence, remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about prayer, communion, just simply being in his presence, walking conversation all day long. All right, there, there comes an impartation into you from him when you spend time in communion. And out of that impartation that has come to you from him, that you're able to share out of that life flow. In fact, in Acts chapter four, verse 13, this, this will help you. This is good. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. These guys were hauled in before the magistrates because they were out there teaching the gospel, the good news. So they brought them in and because they just healed a guy. And so now they were, they were brought in to explain what the heck's going on. And it says in verse 13 of Acts chapter 4, it says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, observed, that they were unlearned and uneducated and untrained, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now that's, we could sit right there on that verse for the rest of the time this morning. When these guys walked in, it became apparent they didn't have a seminary degree. They didn't have a PhD behind their name. They weren't Dr. So-and-so. They were unlearned, uneducated, but there was something about them they could not refute, and that was the presence they carried. Now, I wanna encourage you this morning. Maybe some of you feel like, man, I'm not educated. I don't understand Greek. I, I, you know, I don't even hardly know the Bible. I, can't, I couldn't give you all the books in chronological order. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't give you the, all the books in the New Testament. I couldn't cite them off. Look, it doesn't matter. That's not what this is about. It's about being in his presence, which, Peter and John obviously had been in the presence of Jesus and they carried that presence with them. Do you remember when Peter just would walk through a crowd and just his shadow would heal? That's the presence, that's the glory. That's manifesting as a son at the level that you're currently walking in. So maybe this, this quiet meditative life that you've enjoyed up to this point, this accumulation, this Christ life, now, I'm beginning to stretch you and I'm saying to you that it has to become an active expression of the presence that you carry. And believe me, you carry the presence of Jesus. You carry the presence of the Christ. He exudes from every pore of you because you're in union with him and you're seated with him. You spend time with him. He has, auto, he has automatically given to you some of what he is so that you can give some of what you have, which is what he is to someone else. So we gotta break out of that ourselves and we gotta begin to pour into other people. And I'm, again, I'm not talking about pressure where you gotta go to somebody and collar them and push the gospel on them like we used to do in evangelism. Man, I hated that. I hated personal evangelism. And I was the pastor, but it still made me uh, embarrassed and uncomfortable to go out and try to uh, witness, try to, try to, you know, go for a pressure decision, try to close the sale, that's what it was. We're trying to close the sale, bring them to a point of decision. And we go back to church and talk about everybody that made a decision. I didn't like sitting on an airplane and have this uneasy feeling that, man, you better ask him if he knows Jesus because if he, if he dies without Jesus and you sat next to him, his blood's on your hands. I'm not talking about that. That's that's craziness, that's ridiculous, that's religion at its worst, at its absolute worst, that's obnoxious.
Do you know how Jesus manifested his sonship? There's a verse that very clearly explains it. And I, I, I like the verse. It's Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Watch, watch how Jesus did this. <clears throat> this, is, this is no big mystery. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. All right, you're anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Dunamis. Uh, you have his power. His power resides within you. That's the unlimited life that we're talking about. And this unlimited life is fueled by union, oneness, solidarity. And so he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, watch, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's union. So out of that place, for God was with him, out of that place of union, Jesus could look upon someone that was possessed, it says, uh, doing good, healing, all that were oppressed of the devil because of his perception, his level of consciousness. Look, you're, you're, gonna, you're looking at people now and you can see the sadness on them. Others maybe can't see it. You can see um, uh, the insecurity, the rejection that they carry. You know, you know what's doing that? It's the perception from which you're seeing. It's the eyes that you're seeing through. And because you have a union with the Father, now you have power. That's the power source of this life that we're now discovering that we can live, this unlimited life. Jesus, Jesus just went about being Jesus. And what you gotta do is just go about being Billy Bob, being Susie Q, whoever you are, just go about being yourself. And as you go about being yourself, from, from the, the, the expression of the union that you carry and the perception that, you, that you're seeing through, you're gonna to begin to manifest automatically. Automatic, all of creation. All of creation, not just people, but your pet dog. The fruit trees out in the yard, or the, the pecan trees, wherever you live, you know, you got different kinds of trees. They're all looking for you to come speak a word of, of life and power over them. They're standing on tiptoe expectation, we read out of the Passion Translation, just looking. Who, who, who by their presence can come, who by their words, just by the smile that you have on your face. When you smile, you're releasing the life of God. When you shake somebody's hand, they're coming in touch with deity. See, that's how you manifest. It's not where you, you're going out and we're breaking that mindset where you're gonna go out and say, okay, bless God, I'll tell you what, today I'm gonna manifest as a son of God. That's not how this thing works. Jesus went about doing good. Can you do that? Can you go about and not do evil? <laughs> you can go about doing good. Uh, that's not difficult. And because of the union and the perception, you will, you will see, you'll understand. And you can just smile, you can speak a word, you can just put a touch on somebody. See, sons who know who they are, sons that know that they're a gift, and that they have gifts that they're able to give to other people, right? Now listen closely. We speak out of who we are, not what we've learned, right? We speak out of who we are, not just what we learned. There's a lot of people that can parrot everything that sounds right, that sounds good, what they know. But sons manifest a presence. They carry a presence with them because they have been with him just like Peter and John, they have been with Jesus. It's not, it's not 
uh, you know, I, I know sometimes you feel like, man, I don't know, I, I can't even speak coherently about this grace message or the finished work of the cross. The words just don't come, come. They will. I went for two or three years, I'll be honest with you, I went for two or three years teaching in, in a church with this message burning and I would, I would give it and I'd go home and I'd, I'd, I'd just want to punch myself in the nose because I felt like, man, I did not communicate, I did not express. But there comes a time that you step over the line, you're able to put words, your tongue gets connected to your spirit so that what's in your spirit it comes out your mouth. Out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. Now it takes time for that connection. So I'm not, look, don't get all hung up on that. You go about doing good. You go about smiling, shaking a hand, touching a shoulder, just being who you are at whatever level you're working on in sonship, whatever level you're walking in, with the assurance that you're in union with him, you've spent time with him, and you're seeing from his perspective, right? Now, before you can really speak that word of life, there's, there's something, and this is going on right now, that I know this is going on in your life because you message me, I can tell by your comments over on Don Keithley Ministries page, your posts, there's some good things going on right now, and here's what's, Here's what's imperative. James chapter 1, verse 21. I'm going to spend all next Sunday morning on this one verse of scripture, but I want, I want to hit it, just drop, drop the seed this morning. James chapter 1 and verse 21 says this. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Watch, and here's what I want. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness the implanted word. Right? The King James says the engrafted word. You know what that really means? It means to receive the implanted, uh, uh, born within, rooted, absorbed word that God speaks to you. Uh, he's not talking about the Bible there. He's not talking about scripture. It can be. There's nothing wrong with, with scripture coming down, taking root. But the word that really is going to save your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, get those running in, um, in subservience to your spirits. See, right now, most of us, when we came into this, our soul was strong and, and controlled our spirit. Our soul was up here, our spirit was here, and whatever the soul wanted, the spirit, spirit just kind of followed. And all of a sudden, you're changing positions to where the spirit is, is controlling the will and the emotions. And the, and the soul has come back to submit itself and to serve the spirit. Nothing wrong with a strong soul. It just doesn't need to be in charge of your life. So the way that he says that we're, we get our souls whole, word saved, whole, uh, perfect, constructed right, <clears throat> is to receive, and you do it with meekness, you know, not, not from an attitude of, I've already, I already know all this. You do it with a meekness, that word, and it becomes implanted. It becomes rooted. It becomes absorbed. Let me say it like this. It becomes a part of us so much so that we are the flesh. We are flesh becoming the word. Jesus was the word made flesh. All right? Now, you and I have come onto this planet, and we're going, undergoing this transformational process, and we are flesh that has become the word. As he speaks to us, and it becomes embedded, it becomes, it becomes rooted within us, it becomes part of us. And as that word becomes part of us, man, I feel, I feel God all over this thing. As that word becomes part of us, that's what flows out of you. That's what, that's what you begin to share. That's what, 
naturally uh, transpires through your smile, the look in your eyes, the twinkle in your eyes, just the expression on your face, the way that you shake a hand, the way that you touch a shoulder, it all becomes you. That word becomes you. And again, that's not necessarily scripture. It's the word that he speaks to you that becomes embedded and implanted. All right. So we're awakening. We're awakening. Revelation is starting to flow and our life is starting to open up. And what's in you is coming out of you. And we, we have to continue with this. You know, it's, we need to know that the, the time to manifest is here. The time to manifest is here. Let me read another verse. Matthew chapter 17, verse 4. Because some people still get stuck on this and they get, they get fearful of it. And they just want to stay at that high ascended place and keep learning more. That's, that's not what we're here for. That really is not what we're here for. All right. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, you know the story, to the top of the mountain. And Jesus is transformed, transfigured before them, and Moses and Elijah show up. And so this is a glorious scene. I mean, you talk about an ascended position. You talk about having a high level of consciousness and vibrational level. How, how much more could you want with Jesus being transformed, transfigured right before you, becoming light, full of glory, and here comes Moses and Elijah showing up. Peter loved it. And so Peter says this in the fourth verse. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So Peter was caught up in this thing. He's like some people, man, this is revelation. This is unbelievable. We, we could just live right here. Just give us some more. If we're around Jesus and Moses and Elijah, this stream of of high living, this glorious living, there's no end to it. I want to stay right here. Let's build three tabernacles. Let's, let's house right here. Let's just stick here. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay in that ascended place. And there's a lot of folks that are like that. They want to stay in that ascended place. They want to stay in that glory. But it wasn't good to stay there. You know what Jesus did? Jesus led them back down off the mountain because the people that were at the bottom of the mountain had needs and they needed to carry to the people that had needs what they received on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let me say it like this. You ascend so that you can descend. They went up the Mount of Transfiguration to come back down the Mount to share, to manifest, to flow, to pour out what they had taken on the mount, right? So we ascend so that we can descend. The lower you go makes the higher you go, right? You can go as high as you can go low. You can get as much as you're able to go low to give away, right? So you need to recognize where you're coming from and you need to realize who needs what you have. Jesus said in John chapter one and verse 51, John chapter one, in verse 51, Jesus recognized his position. He recognized where he was coming from. He recognized his union. And he says in verse 51 of John chapter 1, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God descend, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So he said, you're going to uh, he said, I, I'm going to live in two dimensions right in front of you. And this is what sonship's about. He said, you're going to see heaven open and you're going to see 
angels ascending and descending. You're going to see an open realm, an open dimension. Do, do you see what's going on here? Jesus said you're going to see the merging of two realms. That's what the manifestation of the sons of God is. It's a merging of two realms. It's two realms. Two realms. It's the kingdom merging with the earth. It's they're, they're coming into one. You're the conduit through which that dimension floods this dimension. And I hesitate to use heaven because, again, we think of it out there somewhere, but the kingdom is within you. So what, what, what's happening here is the kingdom from within you is pouring out and it's merging and blending and taking back in the kingdom that is that you're walking in every day and it's giving back out to that kingdom that comes in that you're walking in every day. It's giving back out what you have received in that communion time. Do you see why I spent two weeks on prayer and communion? It's not bawling, squalling, begging and pleading with God. It's receiving his life that you can pour that life back out. Jesus said, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked by my, con my connection to two dimensions. He said, what I received above, I've come back below to give. Now, that's my paraphrase. So I'm a bridge, Jesus said, between two worlds. And you're a bridge between two worlds. Have you, have you grasped that truth yet? You're a bridge between two worlds. You, you are spanning between that dimension and this dimension. And there's going to come a time when you're, when you're like Jesus, when you're going to say, look, I, I don't know if I'm in that one or this one. I'm going back and forth. The angels are moving. I'm, there's a life that is flowing. See, what, what spirit truth that you have that's been imparted to you, you have been given to share to somebody else. In fact, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, word of faith people use this for prosperity. I don't think, I think it's a lot more than prosperity. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it'll be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Now, I think that has a lot more to do than money. I think it's talking about forgiveness. I think it's talking about love. I think it's talking about not judging people. So you, you have received forgiveness, therefore you can give forgiveness. You have received love, therefore you can give love. You have received uh, the ability to see as God. He doesn't judge. He's, Jesus said, Father judges no one. Jesus said, I don't judge anybody. So that has been imparted into you. So now you're stopped judging people. And all of a sudden you have brought that into the world. And you know what comes back to you? more forgiveness, more love, and, not, and a non-judgmental attitude from people. It just, it works together as you dispense the kingdom. I don't know if you're getting anything out of this this morning, but I am. This is, this is revving me up. This is charging me up. You're seeing from a heavenly perspective as a son and a daughter of God, and it will come back from the Father in a bigger basket than what you imparted it. This is the thing about the kingdom. When you release something from within, you release forgiveness. All of a sudden, what, what, what you have released, your capacity to gain grows. The Father can give you more revelation. The Father can impart a, a deeper level to you of forgiveness or love or whatever it is that you're, you're manifesting and pouring out. So there's a powerful sonship principle that I want to hit real quick this morning before we start to, to uh, land this plane. There's a sonship principle that says this, that we have to impart before we depart for continuity of ministry. So what we're getting by revelation, the next generation should receive from us so that they can build on it. I'm not one that believes, you know, the world is just gonna end in, in, in catastrophe and things are gonna get worse. I believe 
that we're part of an ever-increasing kingdom and it will continue to increase. But we've hit on a secret of why it hasn't increased much up to this point is because no generation has imparted before they departed. There's not been a whole lot to impart. Uh, but if we're going to have a continuity, if we're going to have a building block, then we have to impart before we depart. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, we see the story of Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah was mentoring Elisha. And so finally one day Elijah says, Elisha, tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll make sure that you get it. I'm going to impart it to you. So Elisha says, I'd like a double portion of the spirit that's been on you. So Elijah says, I'll tell you what, if you see me leave, that mantle will fall on you. So Elijah imparted to Elisha before he left the mantle. And actually Elisha did do twice the miracles that Elijah did. We see that taking place. We come over to first. 1 Timothy chapter uh, 2, verse 1 and 2, and we find, uh, let, let, me, let me read it because I want to get the wording right on this. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2. Let me just back it up here just a little bit. We have to impart before we depart. What you have deposited into you needs to go to the next generation, right? And they're all over. You're, you're talking to the next generation sometimes on Facebook. They're following you. you. I've told you and told you and told you, you're on the cutting edge. You're, you're on the leading wave of what the Father is doing in the earth. So it's imperative that we start to manifest. It's imperative that we pass to those that are coming behind us what we have. We have to impart before we depart. Paul says this, 2 Timothy chapter 2. I was in 1 Timothy. That will not read right. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and, and verse 1. Paul says this, he says, you therefore, my son, be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. If you're gonna be strong in anything, be strong in grace. So he says, I'm imparting this grace to you. He says, in the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, the things that you've heard from me, things that I've deposited in you, things I've, I've, I've imparted to you, he said, I want you to commit these to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now, do you see, do you see the impartation here? Paul is saying, Timothy, I, I'm getting ready to depart. But the things that you have heard from me, the things that you've witnessed in me, you've traveled with me, you've been with me, you've seen me in the good and the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, you've seen me in all different circumstances. He said, the things that you have heard from me, he said, I want you to impart them. I'm imparting to you before I depart, now you impart and you teach them to faithful men. But he said, yeah, I want you to be careful about these faithful men that you impart to. He said, I want them to be able to teach others also. So Paul is setting up this, this line of impartation and Paul is emphasizing the importance of impartation, of giving out of what you have. See, it's not just good to take knowledge in. That's what, that's what previous generations have done. They've accumulated a bunch of knowledge that really didn't amount to a hill of beans anyway because it was flawed and jacked up in most cases. But all of us have had to start at ground level zero. The next generation should not start at ground level zero. They should be able to build on what we impart to them. That's why I'm encouraging you about this. Social media is a great place to impart. You know, you find, you're going to find kindred spirits that you can impart to. And as you impart to this wave that comes in, they're going to be able to take what you give them and pass it on, and they're going to enhance it, and it's going to, it's going to grow even further.
If Paul did not impart before he departed, Timothy would have had to start from, from baseline level. Paul was careful to give Timothy everything that he had, and that's where the church has missed it for generation after generation. We have not imparted life. We have not imparted revelation. I'll tell you what we've imparted. We've imparted fear. We've imparted doubt, unbelief, condemnation. We've imparted rapture consciousness. And we have not had from the previous generation an impartation of love, of grace, of mercy that endures forever. We've not had that imparted to us, but that is stopping with us. That is stopping with us. We are imparting. So it's, it's, it's foreign to most to teach and impart because uh, when you do, uh, religion doesn't accept it well. In fact, when you, when you're going to find people with a religious mindset. If you impart to them, you're going to probably, you're going to impart to two groups of people. People that are done with church want nothing more to do with the brick building church and people that have no church that you can just pour, pour, pour. They're like little birds, man. Once you get them, they, they just constant feeding. Religion doesn't take impartation of grace and life. I understand that. They, they kind of look at you like, like the Pharisees look at Jesus. You know, like, dude, who do you think you are? You're a man. You're a man. And you've made yourself equal to God because you're calling yourself a son or a daughter of God. You're, you're telling me you're manifesting or you're unveiling now. As a, Who do you think you are? You're making yourself equal with God. And religion doesn't like that. But I'm telling you, there is a, there's a growing number of people worldwide whose eyes are being opened that are ready for the impartation of the very presence that you're carrying this morning. When you leave the digital cathedral today, I want you to be conscious of that. I want you to be very much aware of it. All right, so, so Elijah imparted to Elisha before he departed. Paul imparted before he departed. And Jesus did the same thing. Do you remember after the resurrection, when G just before Jesus ascended, he calls them all on the mountain? And he says, guys, he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. There is no more authority than what, that, than what Jesus had. He said, all of it's been given to me. He said, I'm giving it to you, and I want you to go, therefore, and make disciples of every nation. So Jesus, before he departed, this is so important because this has been imparted to you. Jesus, before he departed, he imparted all the authority that he carried. Brother, there is no more authority. If Jesus has it all, then how much do you think this so-called devil has. He can't have any. Jesus had it all. The only, the only authority that, a, that a, a, any devil or Satan has is what people empower them with. So Jesus is trying to make us aware that he has given to us all authority. He, he kind of took and put the cherry on top of the Sunday, didn't he? He's saying to us, I want you to go. And I want you to go as you go. I want you to know that I have given you what I had. I have, I have imparted the authority into you and I want you to walk with it. All right, I think that's a good stopping place. We've covered a lot of ground this morning. Here, here's your takeaway from today. Here's your takeaway. You can remain in a lofty place just, just living unto yourself. You can do that, I understand it. You can come to the digital cathedral, just fill yourself up with knowledge, understanding, revelation. You can be on that Mount of Transfiguration and just stay there. We've ascended with him in union. That's our, our position and that's our, that's our empowerment right now. But you have a set of eyes now that you're beginning to see with. 
You're seeing circumstances, seeing, seeing people. You're picking up the Bible. You're seeing things you never saw before. You're in communion with him. He's speaking things into your life you never heard. You, 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 it wasn't present with you, but now you're getting a hold of something. So now is the time that we need to come down off that Mount of Transfiguration and begin to impart as him his life and love to others. And the way we do it is the same way that Jesus did it. We just go about our daily life. You go to Walmart, you go to the grocery store, you go to the mall, you do whatever you do, and you just carry his presence. And again, it's not about what you know. Don't feel like you have to reach a, a plateau of intellectual understanding. It's, the, it's about the presence you automatically carry because you're in communion with him. And you're carrying the presence. I'm looking you right in the eye this morning and I'm telling you, you got the goods. You got the gifts, you got the ability, you have the authority, you have the power. It's time to take it. It's time to run with it. And it's time to just let it flow through your smile, through your handshake, through the expression on your face, through your attitude. That's how we manifest. That's how we manifest. Now next week, I wanna take one verse of scripture. I wanna take James chapter one, verse 17. I read it this morning. It's it says at the end of that verse that we receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. And I want to, I want to talk about that. I want, to, I want to bring a lot of light on that one verse and the engrafting of that word into us because we, we impart what has been made life to us. All right? What has been made life to us, that's what we can give. So wherever you're at in the journey, wherever you're at in this, this great trip of sonship, just begin to release it and let it share, right? Remember, you're in full union with him. You are one spirit, one spirit. You, and the, you have been joined to the Lord, you're one spirit. And you have ascended with him and you're, that's your perspective. And now because you're in union and you have the right perspective, now you can begin to download into other people the presence that you carry. What a great life to live, what a great life to live. I think we'll just cut it off there, land the plane, pull the train into the station, tell you I'll see you Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night live, and we'll also see you then next Sunday morning at the Digital Cathedral. Take that James 117, would you? And read it out of several translations and just meditate it and see what you're able to pull out of James 117. And I'll bet when we come together next week at the Digital Cathedral, what you see and what I see are gonna be a real close match. God bless you, have a good week. Have a manifestation week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.